Welcome to Business Talk Sister Doc. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today we are going to be interviewing Katie Allen. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. Katie has been a friend of mine for quite some time. She is an incredible artist. The first time I met Katie, probably um, she had a ton of different designs that she was doing for people with face painting. And she's always has some kind of little design that she's working on. And she's going to be telling us a little bit about the things that she's used that for. So can you tell us what you do, Katie? Sure. I am a freelance illustrator. And what that means is that people come to me with projects of, say, a children's book or a poem that they want images to. And I create those for them. And also on the side, I do craft fairs selling my own original artwork and things. Wow. So tell us a story. How did you come about that? Like, how did you decide you wanted to illustrate books and do craft shows and things like that? Um, I was born with very artistic parents. My dad has owned a shop at the Renaissance for years and years and years. Uh, He draws and does portraits and things. And my mom is a costume designer um, on the side. And so art came naturally to me and I've always been sketching. I have sketchbooks back to when I was like six. Wow. Um, In college, I decided to take a few art classes. I'm primarily self-taught. And after college, I was working in an after-school program. It wasn't something that I loved. I was kind of looking for things to do on the side to keep me occupied. And I saw a post on an online bulletin saying, I need a children's book illustrator. And I said, hey, I'm going to give this a shot. And that kind of began the journey. Wow. Yeah. So how do you do that? (laughs) How does one find these people? Just find these mystery online billboards? Or how do you get clients? Um, Honestly, it's been kind of um, cut and paste and just really haphazard for for me personally. There are tons of online communities that you can be a part of as an illustrator that I haven't looked into a lot just because they are rather intimidating. And um, But this one was on my church online bulletin board, and it was just a guy looking for an illustrator, and I thought, you know, I'll be open. I haven't done this before. Hmm. I'm open to working on this project. Um, (laughs) And so typically now I will sit down with a client. Hmm. When it's not COVID-19, I will sit down across at like a coffee shop and um, talk over the project with them. I have a price sheet of um, size of the illustration, black and white or color full page or more of a thumbnail print think um think a big children's book versus like the illustrations of narnia that are very small and like (laughs) (laughs) compact um and then we'll discuss what the project is and whether or not they can do that price range i'm very flexible yeah um yeah and then we'll take it from there do you like start with a digital copy or you just throw some watercolor or pencil or you just sit with them and, and just well typically typically um an author will have a script that they already have and they'll have some ideas of you know pictures that are already running through their minds so i'll sketch those out a little bit on paper um and then i'll go home with the script and i will 
make um, what is called a storyboard. And so I'll go through and I'll mark out different parts of the text for different pages. And then I will create ideas for those pages in like, just like random sketches and little boxes in my sketchbook. And then after that is complete, I will run that by the author and say, hey, is this what you're thinking? And they'll either say yes or no, I was thinking more of that. Um, and then I will get down to business and start fully creating them. And typically I do physical watercolor. Okay. Um, I'm just now breaking into the digital art. It's an entirely different beast. Wow. Um, so how did you figure out your processes for all of your stuff when you started meeting with people? Did you figure this out because you started learning, oh, this is the common things that people ask and you just put a list together? Or how did you come up with um, that information and, and the pricing structure and all of that? Yeah, it was really um, try and fail kind of a thing. I did <laughs> Google like, what should a meeting with this person look like? Mm -hmm. And like, what should my pricing be? And that sort of things, which Pinterest has been a savior for that because I am not a technical person. Like just, mm -hmm. I want to paint. And if you pay me, awesome. Like, <laughs> but that doesn't really pay the bills. So I actually have to come up with a price sheet. Um, so eventually I just kind of figured it out through reading a bunch of articles and like, okay, what do I want this thing to look like for me? What am I comfortable with? Mm. That's awesome. And then how do you receive payments for that? Um, well, if I'm illustrating a gig, I will uh, turn over physical copies or digital copies to the person in person, and they will either write me a check or they will pay me via PayPal. I have a little uh, chip card reader that I like to use. Um, I haven't really gotten into online payment. I don't know. It, just something I haven't needed to do. Okay. Yeah. So you said that you're pretty flexible with things and um, how do you, how do you decide like what is a passion project and you're like, oh yeah, I would, I would do this for any price and what's like a, this is, I know this is going to be grueling and I have to make money on this to make it be worth it. <laughs> um, I should point out I've only had four uh, illustration uh, projects so far. So I haven't had to decide between projects very much. Okay. And any project that has been given to me, I have mostly been happy to do if I felt comfortable with it. Okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, Redbubble. You were, you were talking with Becca about that, and I'm so curious about it. I've never even heard of Redbubble before. Sure. Um, Redbubble is an online platform uh, for artists to upload their work digitally onto things like mugs or um, bath mats or backpacks. They've got a whole slew of things. So what they do is they take the artwork and then they put it on a bunch of stuff, not physically, just digitally. And when a customer says, oh, I like that, I want that unicorn on a t-shirt, say, they order that and Redbubble will fulfill that order. They have all the shipping and the um, t-shirt making and everything in their little corner and then the artist will get a chunk of that okay mm. so it so takes all the stressful work away from the artist that's awesome yeah i was looking a little bit at it after we talked about it and i was just like wow there's so many different artists on here that have stuff I know you had talked a little bit about your experiences with Etsy and you were on there before. So 
can you tell us um, that whole process of you got started with Etsy, you tried it out. What, what did you see for it? Was it like a good, was it a good fit or now you're on Redbubble? What's, what's the pros and cons, all that kind of stuff? Sure. Um, Etsy is much more of a physical store online. So more of a, like an Amazon where they expect the seller to have um, mugs ready to send themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, actually I got the how to sell on Etsy for dummies when I was starting because (laughs) (laughs) guys, those books are amazing. Just, I don't know. I'm a little bit. I remember, I remember seeing that on your coffee table one time and was like, Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) I have way too many of those books. It's, it's kind of a problem. Um, but so I read that and that was really helpful. I think I would have been truly lost getting started on Etsy without it. Um, Etsy also charges their patrons. Hmm. Etsy also charges their artists monthly and by post, not very much like one or two dollars or maybe um, 50 cents per post a month but if you're only getting you know one cell a month or maybe every couple months it's not really worth it and that's the issue i was running into was that i didn't have a lot of traffic on my page to make up for that cost Mm. and then also with having to be the physical creator of that artwork so they didn't make the t-shirts or the mugs i was having to buy them wholesale and like store them in our little tiny apartment Mm. under like shoes and things just to keep them and I was like this this isn't working out for where I'm at currently. So does Redbubble have that a similar structure and that you have to pay per month or is it pay per sell or what does that look like? There is a premium option I believe where if you paid you could get more towards the front of pages for search bars and things but the basic package, which I have found completely fine, is absolutely free, which is um, very much a blessing for artists who are just getting, you know, up and going. Yeah, for sure. That's like when we were talking about, um, what was it, Becca, direct-to-sale or direct-to-customer selling on Amazon? What was that called? Uh, fulfilled by Amazon. Yeah, fulfilled by Amazon. It's like it takes out all the work and it's cheaper. <laughs> so, like, you're you're literally being able to just draw the design and then printing it on all these tangible things and instead of having to craft the entire thing yourself every time and and not having to pay as much. So that's pretty cool. I didn't even know Redbubble was a thing. So look at that. Mm-hmm. Learning new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did you hear about Redbubble? It was through another friend of mine who also dabbles in uh creating artwork for mugs and t-shirts and things. She's not an illustrator per se, but she is an artist. And she was telling me like, gotta try this, it's free. Mm. Um, And I thought, hey, like I'll give it a shot. And it's it's treated me very well. I've really um, liked their platform a lot. Yeah, nice. So with the digital stuff, how do people normally go about marketing those things? Are there like premium options? I I think so for Redbubble. Like I said, I've kind of been a little lazy on that account where I just post things on there and if people find it great. I have been on Instagram promoting a few things every once in a while. Actually, I, I made my husband um, my PR 
head because <laughs> he is very good in front of a crowd and I prefer not to do that. That is not my forte. Um, so um, if you find me on Instagram, know that it is him talking for me, but he always checks every post with me to make sure, hey, is this something that you would actually say? And most times he gets it right. I'm just laughing because, okay, so we talked about this a little bit before, but my first encounter with, with Chris Allen was just um, getting at camp, getting to know him when he was in a costume and literally coming down this, I didn't even get to know him, I just saw him. Anyway, but he's like wearing this like Rafiki costume with his face painted and he's like holding this mop. And like just like, <laughs> he's got his body like all like contorted and like hobbling down this this hallway. And um, yeah, and I, that's literally the extent of my knowledge about Chris Allen. <laughs> like, so when you talk really about though, impressive monkey. Yeah, impressive monkey is, is my <laughs> description of him. But like, but just you were saying like with with such confidence and stuff, he really was the most confident um, monkey man I had ever seen. <laughs> I will I will have to tell him you said that. <laughs> he will take it as a high compliment. I'm sure. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. That's awesome. Yeah, so with this this project that you've been working on, all these fun things that you've um, really just been able to run with and do with excellence, which is so cool. I love that you're figuring oh, out all you. these things. Yeah, and I've, I've seen some of your stuff and it's so like just beautifully elegant and, and cute and I just love that. Um, so what is, um, I don't know, just like a memorable thing that you – has really stuck with you that you're like, this is, if someone were to do this, I would so recommend them doing this one thing. I am thinking, hold on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it could also be something that you would avoid, like that you're like, oh, don't do this. <laughs> I, I would have to say my most memorable thing um, that I learned from my dad, who is also, he's a portrait artist and has worked on commission a lot, is he said, never work on a project that's going to pay via book sales because you never know if that book is actually going to sell to sell and um, uh, always get the money up front basically he's he's a bit of a cynic but it really helps to have a cynic artist as a dad um i love him yeah. so that has helped a lot in a few projects that i have done i have made sure to say hey i would prefer to work via the amount of pages rather than book commissions or the amount that the book sells. And so far, every artist, so far, every author has been very understanding of that. Yeah. Have those conversations been awkward to have? <laughs> like, <laughs> prayed up front or not really? Um, it, it can be a little awkward to say, like, hey, like, show me the money <laughs> as I hand over these prints. But I... I don't know. I just try and come at it as the most respectful, in a most respectful and positive, upbeat way as possible. Like, hey, I do not work on the percentage of the book that sells. I have an upfront cost and that is by page or by illustration. Here is the list kind of a thing. Yeah. So when you post things on Instagram and things like that, is that you always refer back to, hey, check out my Etsy channel or is you have you kind of used uh, Instagram as your business? 
Um, I haven't actually had any commissions come through from Instagram yet. Okay. Um, both my husband and I are pretty lax about posting that. We were pretty religious up until about March about posting and then the world turned upside down. Yeah. Um, so I actually don't think I've posted anything since March. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, typically on Instagram, we'll link to the shop and be like, hey, look at this and other cool things on my Redbubble page. And here's the link. Oh, awesome. And then how does that transfer over to craft shows? You talked a little bit about that and I love craft shows. So I'm excited to hear about how you got started with that and what you do. Um, well, working with my dad at the Renaissance, working with mm -hmm. his art really prepared me for that because I got to see how you greet customers, how you work the crowd kind of, mm -hmm. so to say. Mm -hmm. And um, it kind of just set me up for being my own little shop my dad was very much there to give me pointers and how to, you know, how much supply should I buy beforehand? Because craft fairs, you do need an actual physical product to give the person. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to have red bubbles. Send this to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was a little bit of an investment to purchase mugs and a few other things. I actually have three coloring books out there right now. Um, <laughs> that you can't buy on Redbubble, sadly. Redbubble's only fault is that you cannot have, like, coloring books or, you know, books of any nature, really, on there. Okay. And what do you do now for craft shows? Um, typically, a week before the craft fair, I should start further back than that. You can go online and you can search local craft fairs in your area and then you can decide on which ones you want to do and apply for those. There typically is an application fee for like a booth okay. setting. Um, some vendors or spaces will set you up with a table and a chair. Others say you have to bring everything. Hmm. Um, and then once you get accepted, you can go in and you can view the space and figure out how you want to set up your table to attract the most people or to make it look as welcoming as possible mm -hmm. and then about a week out before the show I will start going through and I will inventory everything like mm. mermaid number one mugs I have 10 uh, a blue seal I have three etc uh, etc et and then I will go through review my prices and then day of or a day before but depending on the place you can go in and set up everything and then I will make sure that I have all my prices listed. I have everything set up just the way I want it to be. And then day of, I'm there. I have snacks. I have water. I typically have my husband with me so that there's two of us in case there's a rush. Good thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I've really enjoyed the PayPal app with the card chip reader. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, that's been huge because cash is good, but it's also a little cumbersome and not as quick. And then it's ready, set, go. Just keep a smile on and always look somebody in the eye. Yeah. So do you, um, when you go to those things and stuff, how do you decide which ones were profitable to go again to? Like, do you feel like you offset the cost of like the booth and everything? Or is it what? Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so typically I'll... If there's reviews online, I will figure out if there's like, oh, hey, this is good for more jewelry or like, is this one really that people are going to be buying coloring books or mugs at? Because some of them aren't set up for those kind of audiences. 
Um, like, I don't think I would do very well in a big mall setting. You know, you see those kiosks set up. <laughs> I could be wrong. I just don't <laughs> think that would be very profitable. Um, and then typically if I have made back my application fee and then some, I will say, hey, this would be good to do again. Yeah. Um, providing that everything worked out and that the organization of the show went well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you like weigh it against if the people running it were actually good too yes um it's incredible how much good management even in something like a craft fair makes okay yeah and then um you mentioned that you use like a paypal chip reader uh is that something that you have to pay a monthly subscription for or do you just like is it just you just can use it and it doesn't cost you any money or what does that look like well the app for paypal is itself free Okay. But the chip reader, you do have to have like a one-time purchase and then they'll mail it to you. Mm. And it just fits into your headphone jack in your phone. Ah. Um, but that being said, you do want to make sure that there's either public Wi-Fi in the vendor or that you have a lot of data to burn. So That is important. Wow. So that's all dependent on Wi-Fi. Yeah. And then you said this and it just kind of made me curious, what qualifies as like a good craft manager, like a craft fair manager, someone who's has good customer service, what, what qualifies as a good one and what qualifies as a bad one? <laughs> um, some people are very good at spatial organizing so that the yeah. flow of the crowd is well-timed and placed and others are not so much they're just trying to pack in everyone and that doesn't create a good buying and selling atmosphere because people are tense and they don't like to be you know shoulder to shoulder they want to have time to peruse and talk and you know have some hot cocoa or something um it's just there's a general feel and i hope that's explanatory So the pushy ones, not so much, but the ones who like to create more homey vibe, those are the good ones. At least for me, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ambiance is everything when you're trying to sell something. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> okay, so we're going to transition a little bit more into our sister gawk portion because <laughs> we had a good time talking about a whole bunch of things before we started and we were like, oh, we can use that. And we can use that, but the first one we're going to talk about, <laughs> you might get two today. Um, Katie was telling us a fun fact about herself, and it was about books, so then we were like, oh, we got to talk about this. Katie, what's your fun fact? When I was in college, I got a one-time gig as being a model for a photo book cover. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to tell us that yeah. and it worked out for you. <laughs> So earlier I mentioned that my mom is a seamstress on the side and she is really into costuming, costuming plays. And then she fell into working with a publishing company for doing historical costumes for their line of books. And um, one morning she woke me up really early, which I was not happy about. And she said, hey, the company that I'm working with lost its model. They need a, a brunette college something girl with blue eyes and I volunteered you and at that point I was rather happy she woke me up early because beforehand not so much. (laughs) 
That's awesome. So you landed a modeling gig literally as you rolled out of bed. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Not everybody. First and last. <laughs> First and last. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And then um, the other thing that we talked about today was, um, <laughs> so we need to talk about yours. We need to talk about yours. It was so good. I was, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So as everybody knows, we are currently in the COVID-19 world of havoc and um, this is so good. <laughs> I started a new job. I started a new job um, and I'm still doing like my financial coaching on the side and stuff and still working with my business on that. But uh, I started a new job um, working in marketing and finance. And um, I <laughs> was supposed to go in and have two weeks of training in the office. And um, and I was expecting there to be a lot of people. And I literally got there and there's one lady there. And um, I was like, okay, this is a little weird, whatever, that's fine. And then um, and it, it's been really good. I've enjoyed it, whatever. But I was working with her on her computer. And then she was like, okay, now you sit down and you do it. But before I sat down, <laughs> she like doused the keyboard and the mouse and the whole desk and her whole chair in this cleaning solution. And I, my lungs instantly were like set ablaze, <laughs> like I was just trying so hard not to hack up a lung. Like I was like, <clears throat> like just because I know like COVID people get weirded out when people cough. So I'm like stifling these coughs <laughs> and then, um, and then she left, but her desk is pretty close to the conference room that she had set me up in. And, um, so after she left, I was just like, <clears throat> just like coughing and coughing because I breathed in all this cleaning solution. And then she like told, I think it wasn't like in a, in a, malicious way or anything like that she had just mentioned to our manager that I was really coughing a lot and so then they called me after work yesterday and was like hey like are you feeling okay like you were kind of <laughs> and I was like I'm fine like I don't have COVID I'm fine and like I just yeah and then basically they were like they called and said, well, so what we're going to do is tomorrow, you're just going to come and pick up your computer and then go home and do the onboarding at home. <laughs> and I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Just, like, I love it. <laughs> my lungs were like freaking out it literally yeah and then they called this morning and was like you know it's okay you could just you could just come in and, and work on stuff because the lady actually said the lady who had mentioned it to begin with was like I think it was actually just the cleaning solution that I doused all over the place <laughs> <laughs> it's just like pro tip inhaling cleaning solution will get you sent home <laughs> Seriously. Oh, oh, thank man. you so much for joining us, Katie. It was so good to hear about um, just really practical stuff of how you can be um, running your art business, you know, whether that's through Redbubble or Etsy or whatever that looks like. Sponsorship, as always, comes for our very devoted uh, intern, Darby. She's awesome. So if you liked what you heard today, share our episode with a friend.